Likutei Sichos, Chelik Tezvav, Volume 15, the first Sicha for Parshas Toldos. This Sicha is an explanation on the Medrash, on, that's on the very first few words of this week's Parsha. The words, Ve'ela Toldos Yitzchak, and quote, these are the offspring of Yitzchak. In this Sicha, we will learn to appreciate the tremendous value and greatness of every single Jew, even a Jew who has strayed, even a Jew who has transgressed, and how important it is to try to bring them back. Just as a little hagdoma, as a preface, so we better appreciate the sicha and we're able to flow with it. So, is the medrash? I want you to get familiar with this uh, the story that happened at the end of Yaakov Avinu's life, at the end of the life of our patriarch Yaakov when they came to bury him in the cave of the patriarchs, Esav shows up. Esav shows up there to protest. And he says, no, that spot is not reserved for Yaakov, that spot is reserved for me. And as the Medrash tells us, they said, no, our father purchased it from you. And he said, okay, show me the proof. Now everything, all their documentation, all their possessions was back in Egypt. So they had to send somebody back to Egypt to pick up those to, the documents to bring him back. And they sent Naftali, who was a tremendously fast runner, to go bring it. But still, reality is reality, and it took him some time. In the meantime, Chushim, the son of Dun, who was hard of hearing, and he didn't hear what transpired before, but he's standing around and he didn't understand what's going on here. Why is this being delayed? Why is the honor of his grandfather Yaakov being desecrated. And when he inquired and they showed him that Esau is the person who is holding it back, the uncle, the great uncle Esau, the terrible wicked Esau, he got so upset, he took the shovel that was there and whacked him in the neck and that chopped off Esau's head and decapitated him and his head rolled in to the cave of the patriarchs and landed at the feet of Yitzchak and there it's buried. Not his body, but his head. That is the story. And in fact, by the way, it is hinted to in the words of um, Rivka, when Rivka sent Yaakov at the end of this week's Parsha to go and snatch away the blessings, to go and dupe his father, so to speak, and get the blessings instead of Esau. He, she said, to, and then later she sent him off because she knew Esau wanted to kill him. And she used an expression. She said, why should I lose the two of you in one day? And actually, it was a prophetic statement because indeed she did bury them she had they both buried on the same day they both completed their life on the same day another very interesting thing a very important thing that we will encounter in the sicha is there is a medrash on the words of the prophet bilam who initially came to curse the jews yet at the end he was forced to bless them and one of the praises of the jewish people he said is that i don't see any sorcery amongst jacob why did he refer to the jews as jacob so the medrus says because he couldn't refer to them as avram or yitzchak or as the children of avram and yitzchak and the medrus uses the following expression loke avram not like avraham from whom left yishmoel yishmoel left his fold not like yitzchak who had Yaakov, but he also had Esav, who Yatsami Menu Esav, Esav left him, rather like Yaakov, who Mitatoshlema, literally translated, he had a complete bed, all his offspring were all consistent with being true Jews 
and they are the continuation of Am Yisrael, continuation of Yaakov. Let's go into the Sikha. So in our parsha begins with the words, the Eila Toldot Yitzchak ben Avraham. And, and these are the offspring of Yitzchak ben Avraham. Now, of course, you don't begin an episode, you don't begin a parsha with the word and. So the Medrash remarks on this, and the Medrash says that when it says Ve'ela and these, this comes to tell you that it's connected to what was mentioned before, what's mentioned prior to this, and it comes to connected to, and says that and these, says the, says the Medrash. Ve'ele told out, and these are the offspring of Yitzchak, is a direct reference to Esav. Since at the end of last week's Parsha, what was the discussion about the very at the very end of the Parsha? What was enumerated there? All the descendants of Yishmael, the son of Avraham. So now he's telling you, and Esav and his descendants are very much like them. However, the Rebbe asks that when we study the entirety of the Parsha, doesn't really seem to be exclusively talking about Esav. In fact, it doesn't seem to make sense that the main offspring of Yitzchak is Esav. I mean, Yaakov is certainly one of his sons. So why why would it? Where do we see in the parsha that it's specifically focused on Esav? And again, how in in the first place can we say that the main or the general offspring of Yitzchak is indeed Esav, when we know that Yaakov is the Yaakov is really the heir of Yitzchak's essential existence, where we say Yitzchak is the fa- one of the fathers of the Jewish nation, and Yaakov is a continuation of that. So the answer is that it's not saying that Esav is the main offspring of, of, of Yitzchak. No. What it's telling us is that this Parsha, Ve'ela and these, and this Parsha that we're going to learn now, is primarily bringing out the essence, the the mode of service of Hashem, the mode and approach of Yitzchak, which is expressed in the concept of Esav, which comes out in, in Esav. In other words, that the, the uniqueness of Yitzchak, versus Avraham is most expressed in Esav, and through the episodes of this week's Parsha, the various episodes, the main stories in this week's Parsha, for example, the one where Yitzchak wanted to go to leave Eretz Yisrael, he wanted to leave Israel because there was a famine, and Hashem said, no, you cannot leave Israel, and later when it discusses in detail Yitzchak having dug the graves, as he digs the graves, and then later as Yitzchak chooses and decides to give the blessings to Esau. It's Yaakov who snatched him away. But really, as far as Yitzchak was concerned, he desired to give to Esau. All that brings out the quote, Toldot Yitzchak. Toldot means the offspring, but it also means, as Chazal tell us, as the sages tell us, it can also mean a person's deeds, a person's actions, their mode of service of Hashem. That's all expressed and brings out, as the Medrash says, in, in, in particular, the connection between Yitzchak and Esav. In order to understand this, we'll, under, we'll appreciate it better by examining, in other words, appreciating the difference, the contrast between Avraham and Avraham's connection to Yishmael, his son, who left the fold, 
versus Yitzchak's connection to Esau, his son, who also left the fold. And we find actually two contrasts. We find two contrasting, uh, opposing contrasts. On the one hand, we do know factually that Ishmael did tshuva during the lifetime of Avram. In other words, he returned from his, he, he repented from his bad ways, he changed his ways, and he became a good person. However, Yishmael is not counted as a true heir of Avraham in the sense that we saw in last week's parsha, where Avraham just sent him away, gave him whatever he gave him, but sent him off, and everything was left as an inheritance for Yitzchak. And indeed, Yishmael is not considered a Jew. Yishmael, quote, Yatsami Menu, he left from him, and that's the way it is. He is not considered a Jew. Whereas Esau, the contrast is that Esau never did tshuva. To the extent, if you recall the story in the preface to the Sicha, Esau maintained his wickedness until his very last moment, until his very last breath. He was still contending. He was still fighting with Yaakov. He was still combative against the side of Kedusha of holiness. However, we know that the status of Esau is that he is considered a Yisrael Mumar, a wayward Jew, but he's still considered a Jew. In other words, he has the true qualities of an heir to Yitzchak. He's somewhat of an heir, and in fact, when Mashiach comes, we know that even, quote, our uncle Esau will come back. So the, from this you all see that there is a very deep connection a very strong and inherent connection between Yitzchak and Esau. You see, because Ishmael is essentially no longer connected to, to Avram. During a lifetime he was, but he's not a continuation of Avram. Whereas Ishmael, we just said, is an heir. He is a Jew, and therefore he's a continuation of Yitzchak in whatever way. Unfortunately, it stopped right after him because his, his descendants are not. The question is, what's the meaning behind it? What is really... What is really the idea behind it? And in fact, in that story that we said before, you see this even more. You see how, how realistic this connection between Yitzchak and Esav is. If you recall, what happened? His head rolled off as it was decapitated and rolled and stopped by the feet of Yitzchak and there it's interned, there it's buried. And it remains there until Mashiach comes. And the question is, how is this possible? We do know of a story, if you look in the book of Melachim, the book of Kings, there's a story there that a year after Elisha the prophet passed away, there was a false prophet. A false prophet is a totally wicked person. And he has absolutely no virtues. This false prophet died. And as the, the funeral procession was going to find him a burial place to go bury him in his designated plot, there was some kind of attack from the enemies of the Jews, and they got all scared, they all became panicked, and they took his body and threw him into the cave where Elisha, the true prophet, had been buried a year previously. And you know what happened? Because it is forbidden to have a wicked person, it's impossible to have a wicked person near a righteous person, therefore Hashem performed an absolute miracle the miracle of the resurrection of the dead. And that false prophet 
as his body touched the body of Elisha, he stood up, he stood up to life and he lived some a number of years after that. So the question becomes, how is it possible really for the head of Esav to actually be buried by the feet of, of Yitzchak? Well, that in itself is telling. That tells us that the fact that Esav was wicked, the fact that Esav is bad and totally bad, and as we said before, Yatsamimenu, he left the fold, that is not the quote, the head of Esav, the essence of Esav, the soul of Esav, which is represented in the head, that is the body of Esav. As Esav is manifested here in this physical world, in this dark world, and therefore, once it was separated, once the two were separated, the head can absolutely, and in fact, is buried near the feet of Esav, uh, of Yitzchak. And this can help us, we'll understand, we'll get an appreciation of the difference between Yishmael and Esav, and then better appreciate, therefore, the outcome, the relationship with Yishmael versus Avraham and Yitzchak versus Esav um, uh, versus Yitzchak. You see, both of them obviously had an essential, uh, call it a koach, a, a potential. They had their inner energy, the inner godly, inner spiritual energy that came from their father. We know every child comes from the father. And that never went away. However, the effect that it had, in other words, the impression that it left on them, the active impression that it left on them is different by Yishmael versus, versus um, Esau. Yishmael, he did shuva. Yishmael did mend his ways. But in fact, he did not essentially change. He remained the Yishmael that left the fold. In other words, he never came back to the fold. Whereas Esau, who did not do tshuva, Esau, who remained bad in his manifestation here in this world, as the, quote, the head was connected to the body, but in fact, he is essentially a Jew. He is connected. Why the difference? Why? Why? What, what, what will help us understand the difference? When we look at the mode, the approach of service of Hashem, the approach, the attitude of Avraham versus Yitzchak, and we'll see how much it's consistent. And therefore, this is all a derivative of their mode, their approach, as the Torah describes it to us. You see, Avraham, his mode of service of Hashem was more from top down. And you see it. He did what? He served, he gave, he taught, he inspired, and sometimes he even forced the very lowly people to acknowledge God. In other words, he showered it on them. He shined a very, very big light of Kedusha, of holiness, onto the very lowest points. In fact, like we remember last week's Parsha, the three angels, they appeared as three Arabs who worshipped the dust of their feet. He's, he went to the very low. And the contrast to this is Yitzchak. What was Yitzchak's mode of service as we see in this week's Parsha? Yitzchak didn't, I mean, I'm sure he had, you know, hosted guests and I'm sure he helped the needy. But his main, so to speak, his main objective his main mode of service is expressed in this week's Parsha in his digging of the wells. What is the concept? What is the idea, the spiritual idea of digging a well? 
You take away the dirt, you take away the rocks, you remove the filth, and you bring out the water. In this case, you bring out the good that's there. Now, that mode is called milmata lamaila. That's going from down up. You're taking down and you're cleaning away the bad, you're removing the bad, and you're taking the good that's in the low and bringing it up high. Now, each one, if you, if you judge one against the other, these two modes of service, each one has a, let's just say, a myla, meaning an advantage. Each one is great in some way, but each one also has a flip side. You see, the myla in Avram's service and his mode of service, they're going from top down, is that you, you shine, you give. There is a, a hashpa'ah, there is a hashpa'ah of the kedusha of holiness that just goes everywhere, even to the very lowest point. The lowest point does not change. It does not become elevated, but it shines in them. It goes and it has an effect everywhere. However, that effect is limited. Why is it limited? Because here is the flip side. There is no transformation of the mata. There is no transformation of the low, of the down. It's just that you're shining it from above. You're like showering it with kedusha, with holiness, with inspiration. But there's no real work coming from below. There's no real transformation. And therefore, even though Avram forced them to acknowledge God, even though many of these people, as we know, the Medrash tells us, he fed them, and when they did not want to acknowledge God and say, thank you, Hashem, for the food that I ate, then he would charge him an exuberant amount of money. So he forced them. He coerced them to do it. And they did it. But they never transformed. They never became people that believed in Hashem. They never fully transformed and changed from who they are. Now let's take a look at Yitzchak's mode of service, going from down up. What happens? The lower gets elevated. You cleanse it. You make it now what we call a receptacle, a kli, a vessel for the holiness. You make it consistent with something greater. You bring it up, you elevate it. That's fantastic. But there's also a flip side. Because the only thing that can now become influenced by the Kedusha, the only place that can shine or can get the shine of Kedusha, so to speak, is only that place which has become elevated. But the spot below, that place which has not been elevated, there the Kedusha, the holiness, does not reach. There the holiness does not shower itself on, does not therefore have any whatsoever contact with. And this we can also see in the actual steps that they took in their lives, in things that actually happened with them. You see, Avraham did leave the Holy Land. Avraham did leave Eretz Yisrael when there was a famine, and he went to Egypt, to the lowliest of places. Certainly had an effect there. Moreover, Avraham married a maidservant and had a son with her. So you see, Avraham can go down to the, lowly, to the lowliest places. Now, Egypt didn't transform. The maidservant didn't stop being a maidservant. Indeed, her son, like we said, is not part of the fold. Now, let's say by contrast, Yitzchak, Yitzchak, Hashem says to him in this parsha, you are forbidden to leave Israel. He cannot go to the lowliness. He has to be only to a place that is already good, a place that's been elevated, a place that has refined itself. And also, likewise, in other words, you can only deal with the good. You can only deal with that which has been elevated already. 
And likewise, he could not marry a maidservant. And now we'll understand the outcome of this, the result of this. Yishmael was affected by Avraham. Avraham was showering Kedusha, and therefore he did tshuva. But he did not elevate, he did not transform. Whereas Esau, true, Yitzchak's teachings and Yitzchak's holiness did not reach him because he was in a lower place. But when you're able to bring out the good, you're able to bring out, quote, his head, that part of him which is pure, that part of him which is holy, that part is consistent with Yitzchak. That part is there. That, from, that, from that perspective, he is a Jew. He is connected. And in fact, indeed, he is buried together with Yitzchak. So, these two modes of and approaches to service of Hashem, we actually see them come together and manifest themselves both together. They fuse together in our third of the others in Yaakov, the third patriarch. And that is that in on the one hand, you see that Yaakov did marry maidservants, right? He had four wives, Rachel and Leah, but also Bila and Zilpah. But on the other hand, as we mentioned in the preface to the Sicha, Bitaso Shlema, all his descendants were consistent with being his descendants and they are all part of the fold. They are all the continuation of Am Yisrael. And now we can appreciate better what the Medrash means when you say, Ve'ele toldot Yitzchak and Avram. And these are the toldot, and like I said before, not just the offspring, but the deeds. This is the expressiveness of who this Yitzchak was. And it all comes out in, as the Medrash says, Esav. You see, because this whole idea that he was digging wells, this is the idea of trying to bring out the good. Do away with the filth, do away with the with the waste and bring out the good, the little good that's in there. That's the head of Esau. Likewise, towards the end of the Parsha, what do we find? Yitzchak insists on giving the blessing to Esau. He goes through all the steps, all the me- takes all the measures in order to assure that Esau gets the blessings. Even when Yaakov comes, he checks him and makes sure, is this Esau? Do you think that Yitzchak did not know the behavior of Esau, he wasn't privy to Esau's shenanigans, he didn't know that Esau was a bad person, but once again, Yitzchak was trying to dig out the good from the bad, Yitzchak felt that if he gives him the blessings, that would trigger a cleansing within Esau, and that will break away the filth, the rocks, the sand, the dirt, and bring out that wellspring of good that's within Esau, that he knew that it's there, and in fact, indeed, it's there, and that's why he was so adamant about giving the blessings to Esau. So Ve'ele toldot Yitzchak, well, these are the offspring, these are the deeds, this is the life of Yitzchak is expressed mostly in Esau. This is what Yitzchak is all about. To take the, 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 the down, to take the mata, to take the lowliness, to take the lower parts and elevate them, purify them, do away with the bad and bring out the good. And this serves as a tremendous lesson for all of us. Think about it. Esau, who was prior to the giving of the Torah, Esau, although he did actively leave the fold, and yet we say he is still considered, he has the title, he has the status of a Yisrael, of a Jew, how much more so every single Jew now, after Matan Torah, after the giving of the Torah, that we have a Jewish soul which stood by Matan Torah, certainly with the servant 
And everybody around us is obligated to try to be mekariv, to bring close, to inspire each and every Jew to come closer to the Torah, not to look at their body, at their earthliness, at their coarseness, but to look at their soul because that is who that person, that Yid, truly is and try to bring him closer to Torah.